Welcome to X-Men Evolution, episode 16 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men animated recap podcast. I'm Rod. This is the second time I've said episode 16, even though you guys didn't hear the first one, because we changed plans with another episode. And I'm JC, and I just want to take a moment to thank again Stephen E. Gordon, who was on our last episode, Bada Bing Bada Boom, shared a ton of amazing insight around X-Men Evolution. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series. We're going back and watching every single X-Men animated episode that we can find along with some bonus episodes. Our first series started with the original X-Men the Animated Series building up to the release of X-Men 97, which we thought was coming to Disney Plus in 2023. To date the podcast, when we're recording, it is right after New York Comic Con has concluded. And Rod, did you see the spoiler that came out of New York Comic Con? I did not. Was there actually a date post? No, oh. it was a Funko Pop. Oh, I did I see that? Did you post something about that? I did not. Our friend okay. Kevin posted, there is a Madeline Pryor, aka the Goblin Queen, Funko Pop. And gotcha. it's labeled as X-Men 97, not just a generic X-Men one. Okay. So that means we're going to get a certain story for the people who know what it is, most likely in X-Men 97. Rod, you're lucky you don't know who that is, really. Yeah, I've only heard uh, you and a couple of the guests like mention her, and it has something to do with Scott, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that. And I and then I saw I saw Target. They had the bigger size '97 action figures that are more along the lines of like the regular figure size, the legend size. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't know. I hope I'm not like rubbing it the wrong way here, but like, yeah, I wasn't too impressed, especially for being like almost thirty dollars. I feel like action figures blew up in price at a higher rate than inflation which is wild like you kind of compare it to like things that were on the dollar menu 20 years ago and Uh maybe those things are like 250 to three bucks now this went from like a five dollar toy to like a 30 dollar toy that's absurd yeah because i guess so when the ninja turtles beat mayhem movie came out like it like stirred this nostalgia in me so i went and bought some they reissued like the old figures and i bought i think i want to say like an action figure that cost me like five to ten dollars when i was a kid i think i bought for 15 that kind of made sense to me it had to be the five there was definitely but, not something you were getting for 10 that is only up to 15 now yeah it's, it's hard to remember because i was so young but it was one of those ones that transformed you know so i couldn't remember if it was on more expensive end or the cheaper end or might be maybe in between or something but right it, yeah it, it was maybe be, that was eight dollars or something yeah yeah it made more sense to maybe 50 maybe like 20 bucks or something for something like that but like i saw that wolverine action figure and the only like quote unquote action he had was like you could change his head or put the cowl on his Regular head? I don't know why both of those options were there, but it was like $20. I was like, that is wild. But I guess that's probably meant to just sit on a shelf in the blister pack. <laughs> I don't know. I have I have too many figures at this point, so I I cannot do the investment into more lines of X-Men figures. The VHS right. set is, is enough for me right now. I will There's buy a- more VHS sets if they do those, but I can't do every line of X-Men 97. Like, yeah. we're sharing on, on our Instagram, Mondo released the, the Omega Red which, Ooh. I mean, that thing was like $270 or something Jeez. because Mondo is absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, some quick reminders. Yep. We're a recap show about a series that started over 20 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want to spoil for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode, and come back. We are currently not sponsored or affiliated with Marvel, Marvel Animation, Disney, or Disney Plus in any way. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Threads. I'm going to still call it Twitter until that person <laughs> burns to the ground and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast service and give us a rating if you feel nice enough to do so. Yes, please. Now onto the show. Today we're going to be talking about season two, episode three, titled Power Surge. 
It aired October 13th. Oh, wow. Okay. 2001 and currently since that 7.4 star rating on IMDb. I just say that because it's also Friday. Well, I didn't say Friday. It was October 13th recently here too. So we're like starting to sync up. Oh yeah, timing. that's oddly close. <laughs> yeah, we're recording on the 16th. So that's a, that's a weird yeah. vibe. Oh, also, I think, well, this is probably way after, but if you came here from this Probably Not Aliens podcast, welcome. This is vastly different than that, but I feel like it's a good overlap of fan bases. I had a great time doing basically what I do here, not knowing what I'm talking about, and having someone else explain Tristan. Great, very patient man who was trying to explain a lot of history to me, and I was asking a lot of dumb questions. So, it's a very good teacher. Also, go check out his channel, Step Back History, because he can teach me, he can teach you. Make sure to <laughs> remind me, and we will put a link in the description to give them some love back for having you on their show. Yeah, this episode was called Power Surge. Without going to too much spoilers, I feel like there was like a surge protector on this episode. I wasn't disappointed, but based on the thumbnail and the description, I thought this was going to be a lot more. Yeah, the thumbnail gave me Scarlet Witch vibes. Yeah. Or full-fledged Dark Phoenix vibes. I thought we were at least going to see the start of the Phoenix, or maybe we did. And so, anyway, before we get into any spoilers... No, no, there, there, there's no spoilers yeah. of the episode. We've yeah. we've gone out of order before, okay. sir. I'm not concerned about that. And actually, we might be out of order now, right? Because Steven said that he was every third episode, but the airing order might be out of whack, and nobody's really sure right now. Right, and, and this one would make sense to be the second episode, considering the first one ended with that, that soccer championship yeah. game. It, I could see it go either way, so. I guess it was vague enough, yeah, that this could be... That last episode could have happened whenever, but yeah, so speaking of, this one opens up at a convocation at the school auditorium because the girls had like a winning soccer season and Jean is getting presented with her award for MVP. And then in the audience, I was able to find out through the captions that that British girl we met the first episode was Risty. I made sure to read it several times because you know these captions have typos in them all the time. They're about as good as our TikTok captions, yeah. And it, it said it over and over again, and I'm pretty sure that's what all the other characters said, so... Yeah, it is Risty with an R, no doubt. Yeah. I don't know why Jean was shocked that she was given the MVP trophy. Yeah, because they, they would Because she passing. acted genuinely surprised. I feel like that's kind of like when Taylor Swift wins a Grammy, right? She's like, oh my God, really? Me? He's like, yeah, yeah, you were like one of three artists that sold like music in this year, like at a measurable rate, you know? <laughs> She's like, oh, I only scored more goals than the rest of the team combined. I got MVP, really? Or is she just used to having to act surprised because she's a literal psychic? As we see with this episode, I guess maybe not before because she starts to give her acceptance speech and the first thought she hears are rogues. Yeah, because Risty's like, yeah, aren't you gonna like be happy for your friend? And Rogue says something to Risty and then she's like, saying you know talking shit in her head and gene hears it clearly which i don't think we've seen so far in in evolution yet yeah yeah so they're they're kind of introducing it here which i have to keep reminding myself these kids are in high school so not exactly exactly early puberty age or anything but like still a lot of things are developing especially superpowers and so she hears her thoughts at first and then rogue is like why are you looking at me and then she starts hearing like she hears scott's voice say like you know be calm just you know get through this and then just systematically through everyone else she knows and then some other people that we don't know but i'm presumably gene knows of at least like other strangers in the crowd and stuff like you you get scott and and kurt being supportive you get spike and kitty who are kind of like the oh what's what's going on she's kind of tanking and then it jumps over to like randoms who are just like oh she sucks like yeah. she's she's having a breakdown <laughs> so she gets really overwhelmed by all the voices this kind of reminds me if there's anybody who remembers that show heroes my favorite character on there was matthew parkman because 
Oh, he, the guy who I hated in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. He's, is he in Star Wars? Yeah, I guess he's the name J.J. Abrams director, yep. right? Yeah. They do kill him, so it's okay. Okay. Well, that's he's usually like, besides heroes, he's usually like a bit part that comes in and out in J.J.'s stuff. And so this, and heroes was J.J. adjacent, I guess, because there was like that slush show stuff and things in there. Anyway. He was he had, he was my favorite character because he did, like, he had the power that I thought mm -hmm. I wanted until they like started showing how it kind of works you know like oh I'd want to be able to read people's minds and he's like you don't want to hear what people are thinking all the time <laughs> no it starts to <laughs> suck a lot and it reminds me of a scene where he got overwhelmed as well except Gene has the potential of the Phoenix in the you know not in this series yet but like in the canon of X Men and stuff this is the cold open right before the credits so before the credits roll they kind of like imply that she passes out i actually yeah. started writing that note yeah i thought she like full-on like lost consciousness as she was bumping into the table like mm -hmm. just from being overwhelmed and when it comes back from the opening credits it, we find out that i don't know if the table getting knocked over wasn't as dramatic as they because i feel like a full eight foot table falling over would be a pretty big deal for an award ceremony I don't because this school didn't care that their principal almost got killed by a scoreboard. <laughs> Fair voice. <laughs> this, and this school is like a little nervous about somebody like stuttering over their words. They don't care about property damage yeah. at all. They are totally okay with it. So we find out Jean just really just kind of stumbled more than anything, bumped into the table, and she did break her trophy. And she comes back pretty quick because the trophy, when it fell on the ground, like the head popped off of the statue. And so she's like, hey, lost my head there for a second. So I was like, John's favorite. She makes a pun and carries I on. I hate it. I hate it. It's so bad. <laughs> and she goes on with her speech. It, it seems to go off without a hitch from that point on. And when people are leaving the auditorium, it's so funny. I, I said Evan here, and then for the whole episode, I just kept, couldn't remember his code name, Spike. <laughs> Evan seems to want there to be like a skateboarding team, so he could be an MVP of that. And they're like, no, that's not really happening. Schools that we have a skateboarding team. Right. And didn't we only just in this most recent Olympics get skateboarding or something like that? Oh, I didn't even realize that. I mean, that's I how much. I think maybe this this Olympics, and I could be wrong because I haven't mm -hmm. watched the Olympics, but I want to say that's what it was. That's wild it took that long because, like, whatever you think of the sport, it is pretty physical. I guess maybe they're having a hard time, like, figuring out how to, like, regulate it or score it or something, maybe? I don't know. The problem is every single skateboarder would failed the drug test. They had to make an exception for these certain categories. Yeah, li literally there's an asterisk in every <laughs> single Olympic skateboard record. Yeah, li listen, this is not performance dance. It was just a norm. Yeah, <laughs> if, if anything, they're going to have less energy. So. Right. And curiously, Lance takes Kitty to chemistry and she doesn't seem to resist. Yeah, that stood out to me as well. I was like kind of surprised by that one. I know that this is a high school drama i just can't i guess for me personally maybe it's because i'm older now i can't get it out of my head that he tried to murder you earlier a few times right yeah so i don't know uh, yeah i mean literally the previous semester and then outed your entire crew at the fucking soccer game maybe a couple weeks ago almost or something yeah, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Hormones are are the most dangerous thing to a superhero, I guess. <laughs> there you go. And then Scott finds Jean at the end of the stage and kind of confronts her about, like, the episode she had. And she kind of brushes it off and asks if Scott's going to Duncan's party, which I refuse to believe that she didn't know that that would be a weird thing to say. Yeah, like, <laughs> she knows they're not friendly. Like, it's, it's not like they pretend to be friends in front of her or anything. Like, they're... Uh -huh. They're definitely aggro around each other. So and now we know that she can hear thoughts. Even without that, <laughs> yeah, though, right. like that's a fucking read the room scenario. So she she's like, oh, unless he didn't invite you. Well, I'm inviting you, which also if 
I mean, everybody listening to this is probably old enough, but in case someone's kid is listening to this, that doesn't work that way. Especially because he's going to go without her, too. It's not like they're even arriving together and he yeah. was her ride or something like that. Yeah. And then we go over but to the But she chemistry. also guilt trips him, too. Yeah, yeah. She, she she's like, oh, him. yeah, be there for me. It's like, oh, this is going to go poorly. I, I just had a little flashback to a moment where I was seeing someone that I got invited over to her place where she also invited her ex but didn't tell either of us. Oh, that's actually, not awkward. Actually, kind of funny. The, I, I don't know why. but Her name all, was Jean and she was yeah. also a redhead. Right, yeah, also a telepath. It's kind of synergistic. We were over watching the Olympics. I don't know how it came back to that. Somebody's going to do the math to figure out which relationship that was. Anyway, that was a while ago. I want to know <laughs> who cares that much to do the math from. Yo, I don't I don't know. Anymore. People on the internet figure out weird things. If, were on if, the if we have fans that care that much, I think we've hit like a champagne problem. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so then we get to the chemistry class. And my note, even though it's kind of reductive, is pretty accurate. Kitty laughs at Lance's fart joke. Yep. Because they're making stink bombs. I thought they were joking about it initially, but we find yeah, out that's really what they're doing. I was not expecting it to actually pay off with them being told they were going to make stink bombs. Yeah. And so Lance makes a joke about, you know, Blob makes his own stink bombs at night, if you know what I mean. He farts and only big people have gas, I guess. Yeah. that It felt like the laziest possible joke, and he, like, leaned into it. It wasn't like, oh, Blob stink bombs. It was like, yeah, he can't help himself. But it's like, just, okay, we got the joke. Stop adding more yeah. onto the joke i kind of actually it would have been funnier i think if it would have been like the whole brotherhood you know like toad obviously stinks and stuff I, there's a, there was a whole thing there I, it's like a little little nitpicky but i just thought it was funny and then i hear someone recite some sort of literary quote and i was like this is definitely beast he walks in i was like that's that's beast right he's not blue yet but like you, yeah. you just, even, even though his voice sounds nothing like the 92 one just that his first introduction was a quote and he walks in and he's like really like stocky i was like that's beast and then he then he immediately says like i'm professor mccoy or something i was like okay yep i also love how this guy is the chemistry teacher he's reciting literature and he references that he's also the phys ed teacher oh yeah yeah or was, it's, it's like they he... give him three things that are pretty disparate from each other yeah although I am where I went to school. Random teachers were also like coaches of random sports, just because like budgetary. <laughs> so I kind of get. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> our our AP history teacher should not have been our football. Or sorry, our football coach should not have been our AP history teacher. But oh, yeah. that's what happened. I'm not going to call anybody specific in my school system because we had a very small school system, and I know people at that school listen to this, and they will put too much together and let those people know. <laughs> well, you Again, know what we're I. About. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you think we have that many people from your life listening to this show. I know, because they messaged me about it. Okay. <laughs> but they'll know what I'm talking about. We know. Wink, wink. Anyway, then, be, I'm just going to call him Beast. Gets straight to the point. He's like, we're just going to cut to the chase. We're making stink bombs. And the whole class cheers. I guess that's the way to win over your first day as yeah, teacher. Yeah, seriously. Like, let the kids do something destructive, and they're going to love you. Yeah. <laughs> and especially, I don't know if it's the same way with kids nowadays or not, because, you know, I don't. I don't have any kids that I'm raising, but like, <laughs> thank God, that, just in the '90s, doing stuff that's like gross was the popular thing. You know, I know like slime's big, like now. dissecting frogs and shit. Dissecting frogs, but also like stink bombs and like the garbage pail kids. You know, like things that were just like nasty. Because it was, like, you know, I feel like now like slime is has like glitter in it and stuff. You know, I don't. Yeah, like people making slime, it's like it's the equivalent of like gack and phloem. It's not actually gross. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even it's like gack, fucking Orbeez at this point, right? And I and I think even Gak 
in our era was meant to be gross and it just kind of got more and more homogenized you know oh yeah of course it did because literally <laughs> one of the selling features is if you press the gack into the plastic case the right way it made a fart noise yeah right yeah i, I, I still like that it's the simple things right <laughs> right little pleasures so definitely beast becomes a popular chemistry teacher back at the mansion scott is running down the hallway on his way out kitty after just like, after checking his hair check, oh yeah yeah and Kitty is casually walking through walls and Scott almost trips on her and he has a good point. He's like, gotta be careful. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so I love that Kitty will phase through a wall, but, and just be oblivious to everything. Like, and we see this again in the ne the next episode too, but she like, she's phasing. She could stay phased for a half a second to figure out what's around her. And instead she just instantly unfazes and bumps into people. It's yeah. like, you have the opportunity to never be in people's way and you are fucking it up. Yeah. And Scott, I guess the, the joke, though, is that Scott is, he keeps running into the character. I guess it's to remind us of all these characters in the first episode. And he doesn't call out a lot of them. We see the, I can't remember her name, the wolf girl. Well, first off, Kitty does mention she still stinks from the experiment. Oh, yes. Yeah, because we, so I guess it's supposed to also, like, move us through time to like a few hours later to after school's out outside by his car iceman aka bobby drake is nope. leaning against the car trying to impress another girl who i'm gonna which you still haven't name. figured out who that is i don't know who that is yeah nope not gonna tell you till um, you figure it out but he uh, does he does call out drake yes. like it because of leaving his ice everywhere which is another nice little detail of like you know we just assume Iceman, you know, like when he creates those, when I was a kid, it was like he created those like ice paths everywhere and stuff, and they just kind of like go away. But I guess this is kind of very quietly implying that there's like a custodial element to it that he's learned over the time, right? Because here he was using it and it didn't clean up, and Scott slipped on it and like landed on his ass. I think it's Bobby, because he was showing off to the girl making the little ballerina out mm -hmm. of ice. And I think he just is very careless with it and it just hasn't melted yet yeah. but the part with wolfsbane that you you neglected to mention she's also chasing one of the other ones and i think that was cannonball who she was chasing oh okay yeah i, I think i'm not 100 percent, but i think it was and then keen-eyed viewers will recognize who bobby was was chatting with that rod has not picked up on and i kind of love this being <laughs> our own little dumb mystery I did notice that there was, on the X-Men Evolution wiki on fandom, there was reference to the Ice Ballerina being a little bit similar to the Ice Rose that he made for Rogue in the original X-Men movie. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for, you know, writers to be kind of sharing details or ideas, you know? You just never know what's going to happen because it didn't... Was it them? Well, yeah, I think Steven said like they were having sushi once and they hashed out details about something about like a, a part of a season or something like that. And I, that, you know, you and I both know like that kind of stuff happens out here all the time. Like we just go have lunch and then like an idea, a set of ideas for something that gets, you know, executed years later happens. So who knows? It might, it might have been like a little bit like, hey, could he do this? Yeah. And then everybody runs with their version of that idea. Oh, yeah. And he also falls down the stairs of that. Like this, this dude takes a beating. Like he ran. Yeah, he's upstairs. having a rough night. And he fell down the stairs. Once again, hormones, right? Yeah. Like the, the worst thing for a superhero. And then slides out to his car. I kind of wonder, too. I guess we'll find out what the version of Bobby this is in this one. But I kind of wonder if, like, Bobby was implied that that was his car because he was leaning up against it so confidently. And I was just, like, out of the driveway. I think if you're one of the, the kids at the Institute, you know that that's Scott's car. Scott, yeah, right. I think it was, it was possibly like, oh, I'm such good friends with Scott that I could lean up against his car and he's not going to get mad at it. Yeah, I, that's true. Because, like, all those new kids, 
they got to know who the one person with the convertible is, you know? <laughs> like, you, you know that Wolverine will stab you if you touch his motorcycle, and Scott is not going to freak out if, you know, you're you're near his car. So. Or maybe this is the learning moment. So then we get to Duncan's party. Duncan, I guess, is showing off the gene, but clearly also displaying that he doesn't know how soccer works. Because he, like... <laughs> tosses the ball by hand and he literally has it hiked to him it's not just mm-hmm. like it's a throw he literally calls for a football hike on it <laughs> so i was actually genuinely curious was this a scenario where they wrote football in the script it went to whatever the animation studio was and then they 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 added in the dialogue of Gene like yelling at him that it was American football or something like that because oh, I don't be remember funny. seeing her her lips move when she said that I that like I feel like funny. that was like an off camera shout. Yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah, I I mean that'd be a good fix if there was a mess up. But yeah, because right? he tosses a soccer ball and then out the windows. It wasn't even like he was trying to pass to somebody. He was like trying to make like a field goal. You're throwing that angle, dude? Like, right. that is the most perfect curveball throw to go up and go that far on a soccer ball. So Yeah, and it goes outside the house and hits Scott in the head just getting out of his car. And he goes back in and they have that conversation about like, hey, this isn't football. And then Risty's like, not where you know, not where you are, not for you guys, but where I'm from, it is. There's a good possibility that might have been like the quick fix instead of replacing an entire scene. <laughs> it just felt very, very weird that the football player was throwing a soccer ball. Yeah, or they were I leaning mean, I, into like how dense he was. Yeah, or or I guess it was like yeah, they were celebrating because that was you know Gene's MVP sport, but it just it was a weird shot. That's yeah. all. And I had here Rogue is definitely drinking quote unquote water because Rogue wants to leave and Risty's like, why? He's like, well, I don't I'm done celebrating like Gene's popularity. And she takes a chug of like the water bottle. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely water that she's throwing back. <laughs> well, she also gives the like people like me, you know, don't hang out with people like that kind of scenario too. Like she she definitely feels out of place being there. It's it's like she's popular in spite of herself and she mm-hmm. doesn't want to be around the popular kids. Yeah, and she she kind of tracks Scott as he walks in, and Risty calls it out that yep. she she has a crush. But Rogue insists on leaving, and Risty's like, "Okay, well, I'll go with you to make sure you're okay, but also I'm gonna be mad if I miss something." We find out later why she left with Rogue, and we find out the next episode. Oh yeah, the next episode. Yeah, but also, don't jump ahead, Ron. We only spoil the existing episode. Right. When I had mentioned in the episode with Steven, I was like, I feel like there's something more happening with those two, and he was like, "There is, just not what you think." Yep. Right. I mean, and I had had that spoiled for me already, so that's why I was laughing when you said it too. Obviously, um, he, obviously, he was right because he wrote it. This is interesting because, like, at the time, it's like, okay, I guess they're just being good friends or something. But that was more than that. And then I wrote down Scott versus Duncan, angry ping pong. Yeah, I had Duncan and Scott have the most aggro ping pong match. Like but, taking people out type shit. This would be a great Instagram reel to watch in like real life. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. What was it? Balls of Fury. Remember that? Movie? Never watched. I know. I know the movie though. You know, if you were a fan of like the kickball one and stuff, it's right along the same lines. You know. Although thinking back, I haven't watched this since. There's probably some stuff that didn't age well because they go to like China or something. The train part of it and that can't enter out well at that time period. But no, no, <laughs> no, no, it cannot. <laughs> but this is one of those matches where, like, in this show, without her telepathic powers, Jean, you know, can sense the pheromones in the air or the testosterone because. <laughs> Up until this, you don't know if she's, like, privy to what's going on between those two. Now it's very clear, because she even, like, calls it out. She's like, come on, guys. And then she stops the ball. With telekinetically. Her, yeah, telekinetically. And I guess it was subtle enough that 
other people didn't notice. He was like, enough. But this, and this, I think the only way that this works is that Duncan is an idiot and he exactly. actually doesn't realize the ball got stopped in midair before she grabbed it. Yeah, and everybody else is drunk, are very well hydrated because they're all yeah. drinking water. Super hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Jean takes Duncan away to go yell at him, but then she starts getting inundated with other people's thoughts. The, I thought they were going to go to a, a different path than this because the first thing she hears is, what does she even see in him? I'm like, okay, let's do it. Right, but she she also says like a pretty definitive line. She says, don't make me choose between you and my friend. Yeah, she, she starts to friend zone Scott there. We'll see the completion of that later. And then she starts hearing a bunch of people and then she runs off. She And she runs outside to, even though this is not the mansion, another balcony. They love their balconies. <laughs> yeah, as you put it out to Steve, and he acknowledged, he was like, it's just a great place to have people congregate outside of a hallway. Yeah. Right. Scott's already out there, probably trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. He's going to just keep losing at ping pong. That's what he's going to do. And he, I say he spooks Jean, but he was already out there. I guess yeah, she was still spooked. I would not say he spooked her. He <laughs> just reacted. And then she's so in her own freak out world that she telekinetically just pushes him off the balcony. Which I made a note that she basically just force pushed him. It looked like something like a Jedi would do. It's like, yeah. huh. and then he, yeah, went off the balcony. And she they do a great job in this show. I know we, I've said it before, so it's it's sorry if it's redundant to the listeners. They utilize the commercial breaks so well in this show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it is with people falling off cliffs. She reacts fast enough that she catches Scott telekinetically right before he hits the water. And he's like relieved. But then I think Duncan comes out. Yeah. She she saves him when he's like within arm's reach of the pool. Duncan comes outside and you hear him splash into the water. That's kind of funny. And then Duncan yells at him. He's like, what do you do at pool? And he has that like 90s one liner. He's like testing your chlorine levels or something. I guess he's in a better mood now. Because before he was getting ready to like, kill him with the ping pong pedal. I feel like he should be in a worse mood now. His best friend just tried to murder him. Right. And he's like soaked. Like that. that's the end of the party. Like they're not going to stay there at that point. Back at the mansion, Gina and Scott are getting home. And and she blames him. Yeah. She's like, way to surprise me, jerk. Yeah, it's like I was standing there. And yeah, they're kind of arguing when Xavier appears and asks what happened. And then Kirk just kind of appears behind him. Risty and Roe walk into the lobby. And it kind of catches everybody off guard. And Rogue actually accuses everyone else about being rude. But clearly, unscheduled business from outsiders aren't allowed for obvious reasons. And I, free, I well, forget who get, almost you, gets you caught had first. Th- you had three instances. You have Nightcrawler almost gets caught. And it's just lucky that he is behind Xavier enough that he could hit his little image inducer. And then Kitty phases in and there's no way that she would have been able to get behind Risty without having walked through a wall. And then Logan pops his claws, sees just in time and turns around with the apple still on his claws. He's like, well, yeah, I guess I'm not the only one who doesn't follow rules. Logan's was my favorite because he does. There's like a, he's either a family guy or a Simpsons meme. That was something similar where there's someone that walks in, grabs something and just nopes right out in one, one motion. Oh, it's uh, Homer Simpson when he sees, or Grandpa Simpson when he sees Bart working at the burlesque house. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, but he, but he puts his takes puts hat the hat on. on. The same energy. I love. It. Like he comes in, like he does. He like stab like an apple or something. Yeah, like grabs it and yep, then stabs hits. the apple and then immediately turns around. Okay, keep going. Maybe she didn't see that. At this point, I was like, oh, this is probably Mystique. Oh, that was your tip off. There was something like too much happened that there was no reaction to <laughs> like Risty was not shocked enough for the the near misses kind of scenario 
like the closest we got was she was like when Kitty faced through the wall, she's like, "Where did you come from?" Is like I'm just right. quiet or something. I was like, maybe, but like it, people have been startled by far less in this right. show. And then, yeah, then everything. And she clearly saw Logan, like, stab the apple. Right. So one of the comments online, and spoiler, we get a reveal about this next episode. Sorry. But people are saying online, if that was Mystique transformed, unless there is something with her new powers from the season one finale that changed her scent, Wolverine should have known that was her. That's a good point. Yeah. Huh. Or is that the reason? I don't know. I don't that, know. I think. The, so most people are just saying he should have known. Mm-hmm. I'm adding the additional, unless there was a change from the power manipulation. I'll bet that was part of either directly or implied conversation that I kind of half read and stopped when they, the season one finale kind of spoiled for me. That her power sets were expanded in ways that kind of covered a bunch of different grounds. Yeah. So, so Risty, Risty leaves. And then we get Professor X kind of scolding Rogue of like, yeah, there's a reason visits need to be scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rogue calls out Jean for reading her mind. Jean's like, I didn't mean to. Right. We we didn't even hear it. Well, because, well, Rogue says internally, and maybe that was your audio because it did pop up on mine. But it was like, oh, you wouldn't treat Jean that way. And Gene responds by saying, oh, he doesn't treat me different than anybody else. And that's when Rogue is like, what the fuck, dude? Yes, <laughs> which fair. Yeah. And so we go to another part of the mansion a little bit later and Xavier is talking to Gene about controlling her powers and that it may be that they're growing faster now than she can like learn them. Yep. Or and- it's it just so much fatigue. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was more of a fatigue thing. I guess we, we we just weren't made aware of like their previous lessons or conversations and stuff because that kind of yeah. makes it feel like she's been actively containing something since she arrived at the institute, and I don't think we've touched on that yet. No, and I, and I, it's we've seen more of the like control conversations we've talked about with Scott or with Kurt or with Spike. We've not really talked about it with Gene up until this point. Yeah, so I guess this is the introduction of that. It's this, like, all the stress finally getting get to her. I guess it's funny because it's a stressful time from a positive experience because it's not like anything. She's not going through, like, the same sort of challenges like Boom Boom was last right. episode with her dad. Like, she's she's busy because she's doing well. Like, she's this MVP. She's on a soccer team. She just mentions in this conversation with Xavier, she's going to try out for track and field. The thing they're really looking up for so i guess that's why she's tired and then the next day, and it's like cool i don't need help i'm just gonna get a good night's sleep yeah but it's like <laughs> are you really gonna get a good night's sleep if the next thing you're doing is trying out for track the next day right or even sleeping in a mansion full of people that know you and are probably think talking about you because of all the stuff that happened in the last 24 hours and don't forget all these new students who are probably all psychopaths from what we've seen so far. <laughs> like, like, let's be real. The original class, even including Evan, who has destroyed ceilings, are the better behaved group in the school right now. That's true. Yeah, because the first guest we ran into was Boom Boom. And she was just kind of a loose cannon. And then fucking Wolfsbane has just been like chasing people throughout the school. There's been fireball shot overhead. It's yeah. It's not the healthiest, like, group of people so far. <laughs> and so the next day, Beast, at, as Coach Beast, at the track and field tryouts, I guess he's the sole anything physical activity at the school, because we don't see any other coaches out there. And it's the people we know there are Duncan, Scott, and Gene. Scott and Duncan are kind of, like, going toe-to-toe, like, trying to compete with each other. Yeah, they they start going back and forth. Scott throws a javelin further than Duncan, 
Duncan does the pole vault better than Scott. And then they're like, they're, they're racing on the track and Duncan decides to elbow Scott in the middle of it and knocks his glasses off. Yeah. He, he like tucks and rolls his glasses. When his glasses fall off, I think all of us are expecting that to be the out moment. Cause that's very similar to other moments that Scott's been like out in the past. Okay, have you seen the reel of what happens when the track runner is going down and the little kid runs across the track by accident? No. Okay, there's a reel on Instagram. If it comes across my feed, I'll reshare it on the appropriate week for this going live. But there is a kid who runs out and this dude tries to not murder this kid, but he just runs him over because he's going so fast he can't stop. Yeah. And it's just like, I was just picturing that in my head as I was watching the animation go down. Yeah. Then we see Beast kind of gives a look where he knows what's going on. Yeah. And he did, but he plays it cool. He doesn't like make a scene out of it, but he does tell Duncan he's off the team. Like yeah. He's not he straight up is like, hit the showers, you're off. Yeah. Gene yeah. is, <laughs> I think, I guess it's the javelin she's throwing. Because it had the sharp end on yep. it. And she's starting to get overwhelmed again with all the voices around her and stuff. And now it's affecting her telekinesis. Yeah. So the javelin just starts torpedoing towards a bunch of people at like the starting line of the track. Yeah, it's Kitty. And then one of the notes was the girl, Sydney, who was a bully to Kitty in her introductory episode, happens to be at this school now. I didn't put that it together. I, I did not recognize it. It's it's a note thanks to the okay. fandom wiki. I cannot yeah. take credit for that one. Huh, I wonder if that's going to be a storyline that just needs another character huh. model. <laughs> but yeah, so luckily Lance sees that this javelin is hurtling towards everybody and he does like a little tiny earthquake and saves everybody's life. Oh yeah, because they, they fall. Yeah, so I don't understand what happened between these episodes. So I guess it kind of makes more sense that this episode happened after the one it did then reversed because well, he was still a vill villain last episode, right? He's still a villain in every episode. I okay, think Kitty yeah. <laughs> just I think Kitty just doesn't give a shit yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, because it's still after the cauldron. I almost yeah. called it the crucible the crucible again. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. Fucking people date dumb people, you know? That's true. I I want to get started on that. <laughs> yeah. You could have subtweeted a bunch of people on here. And then we see Beast help Scott up with his glasses. And he does once again, he doesn't make a big deal out of it, but he helps Scott up with the glasses before the javelin gets tossed. Gene gets overwhelmed. Then he helps him with his glasses. Then the javelin gets tossed. Then the girls get saved. Then, then Gene, Gene starts telekinetically throwing the shot put balls. Yeah. Which Hank catches two of them with his hands. Yeah. Well, those it's... are fucking heavy. I don't know if you've ever done shot put, but those being thrown full force at you aren't something that you should be able to like just catch casually. I, I have not because I can't easily pick up those. So exactly. Oh, he shoot. Yeah, you could leave this in. Literally, as we're recording this, we just got the notification that Stephen Gordon was resharing our reel from his appearance on a, on last week's episode. Oh, nice. Uh, there should be another. Are we using the other clip too? Yeah, I'm going to throw the See, other one oh, up later so this week. Another, there should be another clip. And if I find more, I just had that. I was at Adobe Max when I was editing this episode. And so, how dare you? How I, dare you? How dare you do stuff <laughs> other than this show that doesn't make us money, Rod? <laughs> Fucking uh, selfish. So I, I, I was only able to find a couple clips that we had mentioned we were going to post. So there's probably more. I probably yeah, dig a little we'll bit more for those. But then yes. Scott dodges one and then shoots another one out of the sky that was going to kill Duncan, and it just lands through the principal's window, and that never gets addressed again. Yeah. I am so curious about this principal scenario right now. I think it adds another penny in my bucket of like this might be Senator Kelly 
because he keeps experiencing these like odd things happening, you know. I and I still but am on the side of like apocalypse. there's got to be a powered person. There's got to yeah. be a powered person. I still I I could see that too though because if it doesn't phase him all that much, you know, he didn't like scream when it happened. I mean, he was shocked by it obviously, but like <laughs> you just want him to scream like a bitch just like was the thing. I guess we're still getting used to this universe even though we're in the second season of like how normal is normal here? You know, because like they have earthquakes and stuff, and that doesn't phase people. There, they were cool with the the grants or the scoreboard falling. Cool with shot put balls randomly flying in through windows. Like Blob almost having like a manslaughter moment during a food fight. Like, yeah. granted, they don't know there are super powered beings in this world yet, but it is not a healthy world, right? <laughs> Although I would say, like, as of what October twenty twenty three. I'm not sure if any of us would notice if any of that stuff was happening based on things and just go everything that's happened in the last few years. You mean the fact that we've literally had aliens confirmed in some degree and nobody gives a shit? Yeah, and like three times. Like, well, there's a once. It was like every year they're like, hey guys, just remind me of the aliens. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah, they're called to... UFPs or whatever the fuck yeah. they are. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm still trying to like pay my grocery bill. <laughs> anyway, all that is awesome. You're like, you're like a McDonald's cheeseburger costs $5. I don't give a fuck. Yo, you know what the most disappointing thing is? I don't really love Taco Bell, but every once in a while, Mexican pizza hits the spot. And I just remember, I know, I knew that it was not this way anymore because I've eaten there since, obviously. But like, I just remember in the 90s being able to like go to Taco Bell and eat like a king for $5. My one combo meal with two things and a drink was like $10. I don't know when that happened. That's insane. Anyway, all this exhaust gene, she passes out. So all the chaos finally stops. Kitty and Scott rush Gene to the mansion to their Met Bay area. Logan takes Scott to another room while Xavier probes Gene's mind. He's in there and it's like a mess. It's kind of similar to how we saw in 92, like when things are really confusing in people's heads. Like there's just a mess of images. It actually did a really good job because you and I have kind of talked about one of the things that is a little weird in this show is the transitions between scenes. Okay. And sometimes it's like, the flash of moments and we don't know if it's like oh is that like a psychic flash and then we realize it actually is just their way of doing a transition here i felt like this is like taking those flashes but slowing them down dramatically yeah so you can kind of see them and yeah. it was a lot of stuff that had happened earlier in the day it was basically the noise that she's had to deal with yeah it was it was very much this episode it wasn't like you know in 92 where wolverine's memories could have been like you know, shit from 40 years prior and stuff yeah. like that. It was very much, oh, her day really, really sucked the past, yeah. like, you know, 48 hours, so. And then this is where the title comes to play. She has, like, a surge, like a power surge, and knocks Xavier into the wall. It was kind of like a far less lethal but similar energy to, like, what Jean Grey does in the X-Men movies, when she, like, eviscerates Xavier. Like, she just, like, kind of explodes yeah. out the yeah. room. Yeah, and also, like, to the point of just, like, decimating the walls and stuff like that too like it's not just the room she's in like it yeah. literally knocks a hole in and knocks scott and wolverine on their asses yeah who are presumably walking down the hallway on the outside and they're like Ooh, i bet you scott was standing right behind that door right. he was he was not moving quickly <laughs> and i thought that that meant that she had destroyed hey i didn't know that they were upstairs i thought there may be a ground level or something and she just had destroyed that wing like they have done in 92 and stuff but then the very next scene we see the the ex kids are all in their uniforms and they're waiting downstairs and they're hearing right. a noise from upstairs and Xavier and Logan bring Scott down and they're like, "What's going on up there?" It's like that was upstairs. And it's still I having... do not understand the layout of the institute. Full fledged. I want to see one of those like crossed, cut through. You see the building from the side, like you know, old school Avengers Mansion style. I want yeah. to see what the, the layout of this building is. 
it has like portals to other dimensions and stuff. No, we don't have magic on it yet. And I don't know if we get her in this show. I mean, no, oh, that magic. I mean, yeah, magic with a K, not yeah, yeah. not 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 the concept of magic. Yeah. And so it's it's almost Looney Tunes ish because you just hear this like abstract noise coming from a distance of like destruction happening, just and, shit crashing all around. Yeah, and then the kids are all discussing like what they could possibly do. And Rogue offers to, like, you know, I don't know what the other word is, like, absorb gene. I, I just think absorb is, like, the word I've been using for this. Or, like, I guess, yeah, is that how we're describing when she offers to do that to be? She, she does a lot in the show. I would say drains, drains. but I don't like the phrasing of that now <laughs> right. that we're saying it out loud. Yeah, and also, it, it's not, like, complete. Like, she just said, like, just enough to take her, you know, take her down a peg. But then Xavier brings up a good point. She's like, if she can't handle it. You definitely can't handle it. <laughs> Which, valid. Yeah. Like, we saw what happened when she absorbed Storm. Like, she yeah. can't handle a power overload. And they're, you know, as much as Rogue doesn't like Gene, you know, they have established that Gene and Scott are the more trained of everyone here anyway, and Rogue is one of the newest, you know, people here. So, like, yeah, and she, she's not in the great headspace either. So, Scott realizes that he's close enough to Gene. He's, yeah. he's, like, way too confident. He's like, well, what if she does that? And then I give her something to focus on. I was like, ooh, bold statement to make. My dude, okay. And Xavier's like, yeah, that checks out. Let's do that. You you just made it so inappropriate with your phrasing, Rod. What? Focus just how you said it just felt so uncomfortable. That's my gift. It so, is. Yes, it is. And so, although, although this show, you get way less insinuation than you did in the previous one. So at least you've matured. Yeah. They're also a lot less naive in this show, you know? So when they're supposed to be like a double entendre, they make it on purpose. 92 was close enough to the 80s where it was just general awkwardness. Be like, wait, what do they mean by that? And this one's like, no, this one they're banging. That one they're not. Like earlier in this episode, Rogue is throwing back bottles of water. Like, yeah, that's definitely what she's doing in that scene. So upstairs, my note here is Gina's going Phoenix when the team goes in. She's not quite, but she is very similar to what I feel like we see before with Phoenix yeah, and, and Gene. And this is where we reference the thumbnail where, you know, the... The imagery, the only reason I wouldn't say going Phoenix because there's no fire in it, but mm -hmm. it very much gives me like Wanda Maximoff vibes. Like there's very yeah. much the Scarlet Witch feel of like everything is dark and spinning around. And if you get too close to something, you're going to get your face sliced open right. by like a random, like, I don't know, like a scalpel because they're in a med bay. Like it That's really true. isn't the safest spot to be. Yeah. And upstairs, I guess. So you might get thrown off too. Yeah. But yeah, so they're there and they're like, all right, let's go. And Evan, I put Evan extremes into battle because he like with the skateboard. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? That was for the poster. I don't know if they made posters at this moment, but that pose he had, that was like the Tony Hawk pose, right? Of like extreme. Oh, sports. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely the same pose on like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. No yeah. doubt. And then Nightcrawler teleports Rogue directly into the middle of everything. <laughs> Was she so she she meant it when she said she was going to go in and I don't know a better way to phrase this so we're just going to go with what you mentioned from me earlier about so I couldn't figure a better way Rogue gets a little bit of a touch in enough to get Gene to calm down a little bit and then Scott can talk to her but it's Rogue that answers right it was like a part of her consciousness was in Rogue to the point where she was actually talking through Rogue which we haven't seen before but then as they keep talking both gene and rogue start talking to scott right so and the, the, the audio on their voices was overlapping at the same time and then scott is talking to rogue as gene and they like got close i 
I legit thought he was going to kiss her. I, Me too. Th- I, I was like, that's one weird, and I'm happy they didn't do it. But yeah. I, I definitely got the vibe that it's like, oh, that could have been a choice they were going to make. It was it was the the moment how close they got, and also the music. Like, everything just, like, kind of swelled up to, like, now was going to be a big romantic moment. And, yeah, I won't be same. I'm glad they didn't do that. So, Jean calls out Scott's name when she finally, like, realizes it's him there. And she and she comes down off of the, whatever that was, surge, I guess. The power surge? The, yeah. the title yeah, the of the surge, episode? Yeah. And Rogue is, like, unpossessed, I guess, at that point. It was... It was funny because he's like he debates if he's gonna run away from Rogue uh-huh. because she's obviously like in pain from the experience. But uh-huh. he's like, oh, they're they're holding on to her. I'm now gonna run to, yeah. to Jean. And Rogue is a little sad because even though Jean was speaking through her, it seems like Rogue was aware of what was going on. So she got to see Scott that close talking to her as Jean. Yeah, she she got to feel it. And I and I think this is where if part of what your your power is as Rogue is to absorb somebody else's powers and Jean has the the telepathy so she's experiencing it too. Like almost the way that like we would say just a person who considers themselves an empath would would. I think she actually felt those emotions that Jean was feeling in that time too. Oh yeah. So I don't know if they'll yeah I don't know if they'll touch on this later but Rogue might be the only one that knows if Jean actually has feelings for Scott and is just hiding them. Interesting. I I, th- I think she's she probably knows better than Scott does at this point. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. That's a, that's a love triangle, man. That you could only do in in superhero things is like if the girl that you don't have feelings for but has a crush on you actually objectively knows if the girl you have a crush on has feelings for you. That is a that's a W that's a CW show. I mean, this yeah. was on WB, which right, became yeah. CW. So yeah. you're not wrong. So Scott goes to so this is later on. Scott goes to thank Rogue because he acknowledges how dangerous that would have been. That was yeah. How much she Rogue risked. is is like sitting by a windowsill. She sees Jean like relaxing slash posing on a bench outside at the yeah. institute. Yeah, and she in yeah Scott's like why you know I don't know why he did that and. Rogue confesses that she realized that Jean would have done the same. And I'm not quite clear. I, I'm assuming she knew that before absorbing Jean because she did before, but maybe it was made more clear when she absorbed Jean that she like knew objectively that you know that would be the case. Well, it's it starts off with like Scott, you know, is 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 thanking her and, and checking on her and you know, asking why she does it, and Rogue was like, Oh, it was nothing. Like she tries to brush it off. I don't remember if there's been a moment where somebody actually has like turned that around and been like no it actually was like you you made a difference and you saved somebody's life i think we've we've all been there especially like younger years where it's like i don't know if it's imposter syndrome or what this specific phrasing would be for it but like you do a thing and you almost are like scared to get the recognition for doing it and that's what it felt like rogue was here like she didn't want to accept the praise for having done the right thing yeah, no, I get that. I, yeah, and there's a lot of times actively like, just don't tell anybody. Yeah, and then Scott's like, it's like, yeah, it was, and he's like, you know, tell me why you did it, and that's when she was like, well, you know, she would have done the same thing for me, and then Scott. I think this is what Rogue has needed to hear because she's still, even though she's a part of the family, she still feels like an outsider within the X-Men. We would all do it for you. It was actually a really great, like, everybody gets a redemption moment here, like, as much as 
shitty teenagers can be dumbasses to each other sometimes. Like this was like, oh no, they are actually a family. Like it was, it was a very cool moment with that. This has been an interesting series now that we're, you know, a season and some change into it with Rogue. To see Rogue in the context of not having to fend off a horny Cajun. I kind of say that jokingly, but kind of seriously, because in 92, like half her personality was trying to deflect Gambit. Yeah. Yeah, she she doesn't have her her people yet, and I mean that's kind of goes back to the the '90s stereotype of the goth girl or the you know the the person who's who's buying Hot Topic stuff before Hot Topic has Funko Pops. You know, it was it was it was a different like group, and all the other kids, even Kurt, they all look like the regular kid, even when he has his you know image inducer on. She looks like the goth girl. The episode wraps up with Jean saying, I smell roses, and it's Scott. And he's like, yep, do that from Duncan. And then she, like, he, like, tosses her, like, a crumpled up piece of paper. Which, here's the only thing. He didn't need to open it to realize it was from Duncan. It was pretty obvious it was from Duncan. I just assumed it was one of those, like, folding cards that was on there. But he just, like, crumpled it just out of spite. Maybe either either way, same same energy, same Yeah, there definitely was a little bit of spite to it. But then you get the the cool moment with them where she's like thanking him and, you know, you know me better than anyone has or ever will be. Something along those lines. Which was what he said to her via Rogue. Oh, okay. That was, it was, it was literally his direct quote shot back at him from Gene. Okay, so she was aware. So she does remember because he he asked her like how much you remember. She was like, I oh yeah, out. yeah. Sorry, I, I jumped yeah. over that entire part. Yeah, yeah, no, but that that makes, I didn't realize that was the same quote. But now that makes sense because my note just said, oh, well, she friend zoned him. But it makes it, it's it's sweeter that she quoted him back. So like it's the start of something now instead of like a, her putting a boundary on it. Yeah, yeah, and then that was the yeah, I guess it was like a tease of what maybe might become a Phoenix ish thing. I'm gonna assume they don't do the Phoenix saga again, but I don't know. Well, the only thing I'll say about the phrasing of again, just got to remember, the only Phoenix Saga stuff that we've had at this time was the actual comic itself, X-Men 92, and then when did X3 come out? I have to look that up. That came out in 2006 in the movies, so it would have only been the comic in 92 as your Phoenix references at that mm, point. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, we don't know. I guess we'll find out. We don't know. We're watching through this with fresh eyes. So, and we, didn't, and we didn't have the awful reference to, you know, Brett Ratner's garbage direction of the last stand. By this point, everyone on earth knows my perspective on any of the Fox X-Men. You don't like any of them. Only one that kind of liked was, Oh, I did like Logan, but once again, I mean, that was the if, most... you, if you didn't like Logan, we probably shouldn't be doing the show. But that was the most separated, and it also kind of like denied the rest of the series in a way, you know, like because it was kind of unclear on what timeline that was. And then my second favorite was Days of Future Past because it literally erased all the other movies before that I didn't like. Do not watch the Rogue cut because there's an alternate cut that keeps it within that continuity. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. If, if it makes you happy, that's great. I'm just glad we're beyond it now because I did not enjoy those at the time. And anybody that says like they remember me liking it, you didn't know me. Like like they, you wrote that in because I did not. I, I was pretty outward with my opinions on what I thought about those movies. It was mostly that when even before the movies came out, it was like, why are they in black leather? Like that. I mean, that was because like it was the '90s and yeah. it was just after Blade. Yeah, Blade and The Matrix. I feel like The Matrix like. Yeah. was a good movie that is like yeah, what i say about like dave matthews and music fans and stuff like good band good movie ruined everything else after that you know because <laughs> everybody tried to copy it but like 
right because the black leather happened in the movie before the grant morrison run of new x-men which is when they started doing leather in the comics oh okay yeah i didn't it was mainly that like you know as a kid growing up like the 92 series and the few comics i kind of saw like the whole point was their distinguishable outfits you know like have you played the game on like tiktok or instagram or something with the filter where they just show you the color palette of the characters and you guess the characters and yeah i feel like at worst, people get over half of them because that's how good the palettes are, you know. Or the or the ones where it's the like the the rectangles and it's height based on color yeah. patterns. Yeah. Yeah. So well, anyway, as we'll find out how that all ties into this crazy whatever the multiverse stuff is going on right now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I really dug this episode, whether or not it does go in the route of the Dark Phoenix. I kind of and and please do not spoil this in the comments before I say it. I kind of want there to be that love triangle. I want I want this show to be the one show where we could get Rogue in a relationship with Scott. I want to see how that story gets told, whether or not that's what they ended up giving us. I don't know. And I don't want it spoiled for us. But I having watching it or having watched it play out the way that it has so far, like I will be sad if we don't get it by the finale of this series. I want that from an interesting story point. Me as a person doesn't want that because I get anxiety about stuff that is like critical to storytelling. Like, you know, like whenever uh, I'm watching Goofy movie, I can't stand the part where Goofy finds out that <laughs> Max changed the map. That breaks my heart. I usually skip it unless I'm in the theater and I can't. I just don't like that conflict. I know it's necessary for the storytelling. I don't know what it does to something in my brain. So you should never read any of the what if books because it's like, oh, what if Gwen Stacy doesn't die and Peter does instead? And you're just like, they get to the bridge scene and you just start having an anxiety attack, I feel like. Yeah, it's just like, like, no, I want like Max, he's your dad. (laughs) Anyway, I'll put the asterisks on this. I like this episode in the story, the series of what it's telling. Maybe like by itself, it wasn't the most exciting but it was definitely like a part of a larger narrative that i'm excited to kind of see yeah and and i think what x-men 92 started to lose a little bit in its latter seasons because of the the rules from fox of not having like season-long stories and stuff like that we're getting a pretty clear continuity for at least the main x kids right now yeah. yeah, yeah. Jean Jean's still playing soccer. It didn't like change till like, she died and then became the MVP or something. Post uh, the <laughs> a posthumous MVP would be so dark. Well, it's just because like even though I don't remember all the episode mix up when I was a kid, I do remember there being a couple episodes of when they aired out of order. Like, didn't she just die? Oh yeah, where like- <laughs> where she died and then she was back, and then because of the airing order, her like memorial happened a season later and yeah. she was alive again and shit yeah so at least there's not that but yeah any other thoughts no we still got All one right. whole episode to go through tonight yeah yeah okay cool speaking of also uh, fucking discord just wants to not work properly so that's always fun right yeah there's a phone not i guess they, they have to be needing to do a phone update they haven't pushed out through or something I don't but know. i literally hit update just at the start it? of the con- <laughs> rod and the episode thanks for joining us is there a tease for next week or is that a leftover? Oh, oh. no, that was for fuck. Well, okay. we, hey Rod, no. we played we played our favorite game of John fucked up the script and you found it. No, no, it's fine. The tease is we're gonna be back. Anyway, if you have any it's thoughts, the worst sure, tease ever. <laughs> make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing. Find us at Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Castbox. We're still counting down the days of Castbox. Are we? <laughs> Are we?